your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to Is It Only Tuesday? Oh man, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk at text line. Lacrosse schools. Uh, Teachers Union President John Havlicek, also a former Boston Celtic Greg, is going to join me in about nine minutes. But on the phone right now, the Lacrosse County Democratic Party Chair William Garcia is on. Uh, the first year he's uh, the Democratic Party Chair, but uh, William, you announced uh, you, you had a press release or a news release today. You made some news. Do you want to just do you want to just announce to the Wisdom crew here uh, the news? Yes, the uh, Lacrosse County Democratic Party has officially endorsed Mitch Reynolds for mayor, and we're really excited uh, about Mitch's candidacy. We're really excited about his uh, uh, proposals, and so we're super uh, happy to be able to kind of uh, support him in this last month before the election. How how tough of a decision was this? And you know, was there any one deciding factor that that pushed you to Mitch's side versus Vicky? I think it was a, a pretty tough decision. Uh, one of the things that helped is actually Vicki wrote a letter saying that she was not terribly interested in an endorsement from any party. Um, but uh, when we looked at Mitch's policies, when we looked at his concern for um, marginalized voices in our community, uh, for lower-income people in our community, his plans to kind of um, maintain the course of... Uh, environmentalism becoming carbon neutral by 2050, um, helping businesses with community block grants to, to kind of help uh, small businesses recover from COVID. Uh, everything just kind of lined up beautifully with um, how the Democratic Party uh, thinks that uh, America should be going. So it was a it was a pretty easy decision that way, just in terms of uh, looking at the policy proposals of each of the candidates. Yeah, and we're we're less than a month out here from from uh, you know going going to the polls. Uh, less than a week here, actually, from in person voting beginning. Uh, is is, yeah, is it? I've already got my absentee ballot, so I've already voted. Actually. Oh, nice. Oh, so oh, you can mail it in, I suppose. Um, is yep. it is it uh, is this anything out of the ordinary? The uh, 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 the Democratic County Party, Demo- Lacrosse Democrat, Lacrosse County Democratic Party uh, endorsing a mayoral candidate. It's not something that has happened a lot in the past, but I feel um, uh, I feel it's really important that we weigh in on local issues a lot more. Uh, we want to be a uh, assistance in the community. We want to be involved in the community, and a big part of being involved in the community means speaking out on candidates that we feel would be really strong for various positions. Now so you- uh, I think we're going to be endorsing a lot more going forward. Yeah, and that that brought me to uh, city council. I believe we have, and I always forget if it's. I think we have seven races for city council. Will the will yes. the party be That's endorsing candidates? Yeah, will the party be endorsing candidates there as well? Maybe you already have, and I missed. We it. will not. Of course, we have a pretty strict. Uh, we have a pretty firm process for how that happens. We we only endorse if a majority of our membership that attends the meeting votes to endorse, and that means you've got to kind of set up everything. Um, you know, months out in order to be ready to vote when the time is appropriate. And so uh, this election, we are only endorsing in the lacrosse mayor race. But I think going forward, we'll be making a lot more endorsements down the ticket. 
And um, do you know how that vote went yesterday? I think you had a meeting last night. Uh, do you do you know what the numbers were? Was it a you, unanimous? It was overwhelmingly for uh, endorsing Mitch. Okay. Um, and lastly, uh, before I know you're, you you only had a couple of minutes. Um, you you guys didn't decide to endorse a candidate during the primary. Uh, is there any reason for that? And that's against our bylaws. Our bylaws state that it, that we cannot endorse in a primary. Uh, it, either in a Democratic primary or in a nonpartisan primary. So uh, we will never endorse in a primary, um, and it will only be the general where we ever endorse in anything. All right, and last, last thing. I know I said that was the last thing, but I got one more. Um, you, mentioned, no, you mentioned that Vicki Markison wasn't, uh, I don't know how to phrase it, accepting endorsements or didn't want endorsements. So if last night's vote went to Vicki Markison, would you just not say anything or would you, how, how would that yes, have worked? We would, we would just not say anything. We would have just been, we would have just basically stated we do not issue an endorsement. Okay. All right, William but Garth- ultimately, it's the candidate's decision. And of course, I reached out to both candidates before to make sure that um, they wanted a public endorsement. And so um, we would never, like, force our endorsement on someone that did not kind of accept it first. Okay, yeah, that yeah, good Good thing I asked you that. <laughs> no, that's good to know. Uh, William Garcia, he's the La Crosse County Democratic Party chair. Thanks for joining me, man. And when you, no problem. And when you're voting, don't forget, Jill Underly, state superintendent for uh, public construction. Yeah, that's something. uh, All right, thanks. Uh, We're going to maybe they're endorsing them, too. It sounds like it. Uh, And we could talk about that a little bit uh, with the with John Havlicek and we'll get a Boston Celtics update. I told him I'm going to try not to do the whole John Havlicek Boston Celtics thing, but I've already started or I already have stats for him to throw. Uh, so yeah, we could we could talk about that a little bit and some other issues. The Lacrosse School District has been going through. They had a they had a meeting last night. Looks like they're gonna open it up to uh, high school and middle school students coming back five days a week pretty soon. Here, I think uh, uh, the next month, early next month, and uh, we could just talk and we could talk about uh, county board races. As um, uh, Rob Abraham has has made news of late, uh, talking about. Uh, just it was kind of a kind of a strange thing. Internal emails um, to to somebody on the county board, and and just yeah, kind of a brought up some issues. And Rob is on his Facebook page talking about it, and there's a story out there too as well. Uh, but we could talk to have a check about it, maybe get some clarification from a teacher himself. So we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. On with me now is Central, longtime Central High School Spanish teacher. I guess maybe I shouldn't say long time. That'll make you feel old, huh, John? <laughs> um, well, 23 years is a long time. Yes, boss. Um, and then the, uh, is the best way to say it is you're the, the teacher's union uh, president? Is that the yeah, e- that would be fine. I mean, yeah, that's the cross, e- yeah. that's the easiest way. I don't know if there's uh, technicalities to that. Um, no. And uh, obviously, you're a former former Boston Celtics legend. I just want to throw this stat at you uh, on November sixteenth, nineteen fifty seven. So this is before you were playing for the Celtics, I believe. If I'm doing my my Wikipedia correctly, you started in nineteen sixty two, I think. Um, okay. But in 1957, November 16th, uh, Bill Russell had 49 rebounds in a game. 49 oh rebounds. And, you know, that obviously that was before your time because if you were on the team at that time, there wouldn't have been that many shots missed. 
for the need for one guy to have 49 freaking rebounds. So That's like an entire team. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, a whole team might get 49 rebounds, and, and that'll be a good game. Uh, yeah, yeah, so Bill Russell in one game uh, before John Havlicek's days uh, playing for the Boston Celtics. I think you're the all-time leading scorer there. Uh, Bill Russell had 49 rebounds, which is maybe some players' career high, uh, or, yeah. or season high, I should say. 608-785-7914, again, is that talk at text line. I should turn that on so people can actually text in. But if you got questions for the Lacrosse Teachers Union president, uh, feel free to give me a call. We, I warned them beforehand if um, you know anyone's got questions about what teachers are going through. Um, I did have the Lacrosse County Democratic Party chair on just before because they, they released uh, news today that they were endorsing Mitch Reynolds for mayor. Does and I know Lori Cooper Stoll has already. She's the Lacrosse School Board President, I believe. She has endorsed Mitch as a mayor as well. And and on the flip side, Vicky Markison isn't accepting endorsements. So we kind of explain that if uh, the Dem Party was going to endorse Vicky Markison, they just wouldn't have endorsed anyone or, or or publicly stated it because she's not accepting endorsements. So we're in this weird. Um, world where one one side is getting all the endorsements, a because he's accepting them, and the other side isn't getting any endorsements. Um, but does does the uh, the teachers union do anything like this uh, politically when when there's a mayor's race in the city or anything like that? No, you know we try to just work with everybody um, locally, and you know we try to just kind of stay out of that. It, it ends up being you know this is a nonpartisan race. And so uh, we generally avoid that kind of stuff. Yeah, there is. Try to kind of work with who's there. Yeah, there is this kind of weird, you know, if uh, if I endorse one candidate, if the teachers union endorse one candidate and then the other candidate wins, well, then that candidate be like, well, you didn't even endorse me. What do I care about you guys then? So there's this weird (laughs) world where the, 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 the other candidate could hold a grudge, I guess. I don't know if either candidate would do that. I think maybe that's just the nature of the beast. Um, but yeah. but with all these debates, you know, there's we're really ramping up. Uh, the WIZM is going to host a debate next Tuesday or this coming Tuesday, I should say. Uh, well, one week from today, and uh, that's when in person, early in person voting starts on that day as well. But um, with with everything that everyone getting a piece of the two candidates and just trying to get their views on everything. What what have you seen that you, you like from the candidates, and what would you maybe like? You know, I can just pose it to you right now, John. What would you like me to ask the candidates next Tuesday at our debate? Well, sure. You know, I think, um, I you know, I know that we, you know, the way our our system works, we have kind of, a, I believe, a strong city council and then a weaker mayor yep. system. Um, and so I'm sure that whoever's in that spot is going to have to work with the city council quite a bit. Uh, but we've got some real issues here in lacrosse that um, that certainly play out in the schools. You know, um, the UW extension sends somebody out here every every couple of years, um, and they talk about things like the housing stock. Uh, that our housing stock is getting older, and people as they move up the economic ladder, rather than putting money into their house, they tend to move to you know whatever outlying community and get a newer, bigger, fancier house instead, uh, which I certainly understand. Um, but I'm wondering if I'm hopeful that the mayor can do something to kind of reverse that trend. Um, I think you and I had emailed about this, but, you know, every, like the biggest city in every metro area probably becomes kind of an employment hub 
but then the housing ends up kind of hollowing out because of this. And so if there were a way to reverse that or, or to recover perhaps some of that lost property taxes, uh, things like that, um, hopefully, you know, they're looking at getting some more affordable housing because these are all things that affect uh, our students. Yeah, you that know, may- they they don't have secure housing. Uh, if they don't have living wage, if their parents don't have living wages, uh, things of that nature, um, then that plays out in the schools. So. Yeah, I mean the the living wage thing directly affects uh, you know where you're going to live because if you're going to buy a house in La Crosse, then you're going to pay like five grand a year on taxes, and you're not going to. And if you just drive over the river, you can like me, you could pay like half that in taxes and have more acreage. Um, so yeah, that all makes sense. Um, and and then the, the whole property tax thing is is you know a, a little bit confusing because there's the county property tax, the school district. Uh, you know, has, it puts in on that pro- property tax, and then the, obviously the city of Lacrosse too. So there's like three different levels to this, or or maybe more, because I will tell you I'm not a tax expert. But uh, yeah, the and then the, you talk about the business side of things as businesses grow. Maybe you know if you talk about downtown Lacrosse, or even if you just point to like the mall area or just the outlying areas as that pushes people out. Nobody wants to live next to Sam's Club, right? Like nobody wants to live like right. next to the Walmart there or anything. Um, so then you, you, you know, like if you have a house there, maybe you end up selling it and moving away from, from the town a little bit. So that makes sense. Uh, lacrosse doesn't, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of pretty interesting houses in lacrosse, but we don't have the ability to, to maybe build new houses. Is that what you're saying? And, and maybe newer or nicer or, or more housing? Well, you know, I mean, we're kind of landlocked, you know, with the town of Shelby. Um, and I, I, if memory serves, you know, there's been some, um, back and forth with the town of Shelby over the years, and that's I understand that. Um, but you know, like uh, Kmart that just closed uh, a couple years ago. Uh, the U-Haul was in there briefly, and my understanding is now they have reconsidered that. Yep, they're they're moved. Uh, you know, they they went to the Shopco in Winona. On honestly, okay. And you know, so I'm not. This is not my area of expertise. I just I know that uh, I have students. Who, who their families, um, they live in dilapidated housing. And so then everything that comes along with that, their Internet isn't good. They are more prone to some of those kind of baseline illnesses, um, things of that nature. And, and so hopefully um, we can get some more affordable housing uh, here in La Crosse, uh, maybe some mixed-use types of things on some of these properties. Um, and, and, you know, properties, uh, housing up and down the economic ladder. Um, so that would certainly help uh, our community, which would certainly help our students. Now, you, you're, we're, we're hopefully coming out of this pandemic, and it sounds like the uh, schools are, the older kids are, or older students are going to go full person or full in person here probably in about, what, three or four weeks, uh, less than a month, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what was the, what was that day like when the high schoolers were, or or middle schoolers even were able to come back in the classroom? Did you get anything done that first day? (laughs) It it was a little bit of like a culture shock. Um, you know, like, like I'm, you know, I deal with high school kids and I'm looking at some of these kids like, oh my Lord, you've grown like six inches. (laughs) They all have full Uh, beards. So much taller. And, uh. And they, some of these kids look so much older, and uh, so that was kind of funny. And there was a lot of, like, man, we really missed you. 
you know, and, and I miss you guys, you know, you kids. And there, there's a lot of that. And I think there was a lot of uh, relief that it's a comfort thing, you know. Um, certainly there are kids that, that don't care for school, absolutely, and, and so forth. And there always have been. But for most kids, I think, um, school is a, a safe place. School is, is a fun place. It's where they spend, you know, eight hours a day <laughs> for 12 years and, and more, quite frankly, because they're, they're also engaging in sports and, and clubs and all these other things. And so most folks, uh, most kids enjoy being back and coming to school every day or most days. And so there was a lot of that. You know, we're just glad to be back somewhere that, that we feel comfortable. Have you seen it? Um, we're talking with John Havlicek. He's the Central High School Spanish teacher. Is it high school or is it just Spanish? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah high school Spanish teacher. A long time doing that. And the uh, Lacrosse Teachers Union president. Um, when you, when the things finally did get settled down where you kind of get back into somewhat of a routine, I understand that kids are two days on. And then what do you have, like Wednesday off and then your two-day Zoom? Is that how that works? Um, it it kind of depends on the week, but the, the very general schedule is yeah, it's um, Monday and Tuesday, half of the kids are in the building, uh, the top half alphabetically. Um, and then the other kids are coming in via Zoom. And then Wednesday is, like they, the, the new term, right, asynchronous uh, lessons for the kids. And the teachers have meetings, um, planning stuff, different things like that. And then Thursday and Friday we flip it so that the kids that were in the building are now at home zooming. And the kids who were at home, the bottom half, the alphabet are now in the building. What, what did you call it? asynchronous? Yeah. Asynchronous. Okay. I've been preaching so, every, every Wednesday for the last couple of months that we as a society just need to have a, a week middle, like a weekend. We need a week middle. We need Wednesday <laughs> off. Is that, that sounds like what Wednesday is for these students. Yeah. They're going to do homework at home there. They have Wednesday off, right? <laughs> well, it depends on the, it depends on the class, you know. So, like my kids, um, we have class Monday and Tuesday, and then they're going to have homework that's due Thursday and Friday. And our schedule changes a little bit, the teachers, in terms of when we have set meetings. Um, but then outside of that, I will tell the kids like, email me, and I will set up a Zoom so that you and I can work on something if we need to. Uh, my Spanish five kids, my older kids, I tell them like they have to come in once a week outside of class anyway, um, just for like spoken practice. And I tell them like, when I know my schedule on Wednesdays, we can do Wednesdays if you want Mm -hmm. things like that. So it's going to depend on the teacher. I'm sure some kids are like, you know, cool. I can sleep in and and things of that nature. Yeah, for Um, sure. That's kind of the nature of the beast until we get everybody back. Now, um, with, with the getting children, getting students back in class a little bit, have you noticed just, you know, versus the, the total zoom classes or total video classes, online classes that you were doing before, have you noticed like a jump in grades or just like the ease of kids, you know, you're a Spanish teacher. So are they learning better in the classroom? Can you tell, has there been a big difference oh, absolutely. there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there, there's really no comparison. Is that, uh, John, is that because when we're doing online classes over Zoom, I'm just, and you're speaking Spanish, I just turn the subtitles on to English and I could just read. 
Well, you know, it's, it's I guess, you know, the, to, to put it in, in, in a, 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 an analogy or a context that would make sense, you know, your, your listeners across the world are, are listening to this on the radio. And if you were calling the Packer game and they were listening to you on the radio, that would be one thing. No matter how skilled you are, that's not going to be the same as if we were in Lambeau. It's just not the same. Yeah. And so, you know, really I was on both ends of things this year, just kind of randomly. Like at Central High School, the Spanish teachers tend to loop with our students. So, like, when I pick up a new group of kids as freshmen in, like, Spanish 2, let's say, or Spanish 1, I will typically go to Spanish 2 the next year, Spanish 3 the year after, and so forth. Um, and then we just kind of we oh, do yeah. something different every year, but we keep a lot of the same kids. Sure. And so I have Spanish 5 this year. I've had these kids for three years or four years. They know me as well as any kids are going to. I know them as well as any teacher is going to. And they're very mature kids. They are, like, upper echelon academically. Um, that is the kind of group that it will work the best with if it's going to work. Everyone, On the work. other end of the spectrum, I've got freshmen in Spanish 1. Yep. And it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, these kids aren't bad academically or anything, but they're just all over the place. Um, and they're freshmen. And I've never had... You know, prior to a couple of weeks ago, I had never met them face to face. Yeah, and, I've gotten to know them. And there's a there's and so it, there's, it's it's a huge difference. And there's a degree there where you you know you first of all the kids in Spanish five that that you've had for three years you say. Uh, the kids that don't like you, man, that must suck for them. They have to have you every year. So they probably just quit Spanish, right? Or is Spanish required? No, no, it's an elective. We actually talk about that, too. You know, and I talk about that with my students. Um, at the end of Spanish 5, every couple of years that I teach it, um, I have them fill out a kind of an extensive survey. And I put it in an envelope. Actually, one of the students puts them in an envelope and seals the envelope. And I tell them, I'm not going to look at these until, like, July. And so be honest, right? It won't help your grade. It won't hurt your grade. And we talk about things like that, actually, yeah. Yeah, because, you know? I mean, honestly, there there might be kids that just uh, would learn better under a dis- different teacher. Yep. All, and then, you know, getting back to the, the Zoom class, online class versus in-person, uh, I only have a minute here before we've got to go to break, but uh, – I mean, you you get them in person. You can read their face when they're when they're yeah. they can't understand something or they need help, and it might be a lot harder to do that uh, with fifty heads in a in a Zoom video. Well, not fifty, but you know what I mean. Yeah, the the you know learning at its at its core is an interactive, interpersonal, communicative kind of thing, and it just doesn't work as well over Zoom. All right, that's Lacrosse uh, Teachers Union President John Havlicek. We're going to come back and, and talk some more, but we got to get a, a break in here for Scott's comment. Brad doing the news. We'll be back after this. I was up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608 75 7914 is the talk and text line. Lacrosse Teachers Union President and Central High School Spanish teacher John Havlicek's joining us. 
Uh, if you have any Boston Celtics trivia to send my way, go ahead and feel free. I, I started the show talking about uh, a former teammate of yours, John. Uh, now 49 rebound game, just a little ridiculous. That was before your time. Uh, the, 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 how awful that Celtics game must have been where Bill Russell needed to, to rebound 49 times. Uh, yeah, where, just, where were the other players? Nobody was shoot. Nobody shot well that day. Um, are you even into basketball? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, so do, do you have to, do you have to kind of read up on your John Havlicek knowledge just to, to actually make this work? Like the, the because this isn't, I'm not the only person that does this to you. No, everybody does. I, you know, I did, um, I did watch the video clip of, you know, Havlicek stole the ball. Havlicek stole the ball. Uh, I did watch that video clip because somebody had pointed it to me. And I have read various other articles. And when, you know, John Havlicek, the Celtic, passed away a couple of years ago, uh, a number of my friends, um, you know, jokingly posted their condolences on my Facebook page. (laughs) That was kind of funny. Uh, it's not the only time your friends pick on you, too. I think your students do a little bit of picking on you. You, I, I see you were voted uh, favorite teacher. That's awesome. But you, you have some some other the, – the, 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 the seniors, right, they get to the vote for for teachers. Yeah. Is, did this already happen this, this year or was this last year? No, this was this year. Uh, they also voted me least tech savvy. I mean, is that because everyone's <laughs> online learning? You're the least tech savvy? So you are you messing up online learning more than any other teacher? <laughs> Uh, you know, I think it goes back years. You know, when something goes wrong, it seems to be like me. <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, the kids just you know that's part of what we were talking about before the break about building the relationship with the kids. Um, you know, I had kids a few years ago for my birthday. Um, you know, I shaved my head, so they they found a picture of Uncle Fester from the Adams family. <laughs> And then cropped my head onto his shoulders and put the two pictures next to each other and just put twins separated at birth <laughs> with a question mark and put them all around school. <laughs> and it was like, happy birthday, profe, and stuff like that. You know, it was pretty funny. And, um, and you had students this year yeah. make, make T-shirts making fun of you, too? <laughs> yeah, I did have kids do that <laughs> yeah, a couple of times. Uh, well, this year the kids bought a T-shirt. Somewhere I don't know where that said, uh, you know, lost hair department. If you find my hair, call one eight hundred bald or whatever. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I called yeah. that number because I thought that's how I would get a hold of you for the show, but it, it you didn't answer. One eight hundred. I am bald. <laughs> that, that's yeah. awesome. Um, uh, yeah, it just it speaks a little bit to to how how children and teachers can relate, and and you know, there's there's more to it than just uh, I'm learning from you. You actually got to connect with these kids, right? Yeah, I mean, it goes well beyond, you know, verb forms and multiplication tables and the periodic chart and things like that. And that's, that's actually what you had alluded to earlier. That's the thing that's lost when we're doing Zoom and, and you know, we have kids that don't have their cameras on for various reasons. And these aren't kids that, like in the case of my Spanish one kids, these aren't kids that I had met previously. So I'm trying to to build a relationship with these kids now. Um, and that, that's, you know, yeah, you got to late in the game. Yeah. You got, you're making up for a, essentially a year's lost time, I suppose. And 
Um, when you were doing Zoom classes uh, and you get these kids finally in class that you haven't met before, uh, was there any just really big surprises or just big mo- – was there any moments there that may- maybe were memorable, whether they were funny or emotional or anything like that? I, I, I suppose that would be more so with the kids that you've known for multiple years. Yeah, you know, some of both, though, because the kids um, – you know, it's funny because some of the kids will have just kind of this quirky sense of humor – and and then that starts to come out in the Zoom, and then you start forming this this mental picture of this kid, you know. And then they show up in front of you, and you're like, "Hi, who are you?" <laughs> you know, um, because you don't know you haven't had a chance to put this mental picture uh, together with you know who this child really is. Yeah, it's a, it's a, first meet them face to face. It's almost not really, but it's kind of like online dating. Maybe you you build a relationship <laughs> online uh, through email or whatever, and then you meet in person for the first time. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, whether that's good or bad, a little bit odd because it's teacher and student. Um, maybe I'll move on. I'll just move on. From <laughs> yeah. there. But uh, but yeah, I guess. Uh, and and also the have you noticed this? I talked to UW Lacrosse political science professor Chagoski, Anthony Chagoski, and he's talked about doing online classes classes he's actually had more participation with his classes his lectures obviously it's political science so I, I, you know the participation in spanish must you know, be a little bit different but where your online classes have been more you you've seen kids that were more participating more than now you get them in person and maybe they're a little bit more shy because uh you know the kids are everyone is around them and, and you, they don't want to be embarrassed yeah you know there's 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 that in some classes i think um i think in college the you know if you had a lecture class or you had a lot of students it was pretty easy to be anonymous you know 20 years ago as well um it's it's i think it may be a little different ball game when we're talking about dealing with 14 year olds and 15 year olds instead of 18 19 you know 20 somethings yeah your classes are a little bit smaller too so i i just in in yeah. my head if i'm if i'm messing and i was terrible at spanish in high school if i'm messing up something <laughs> in spanish in class versus on Zoom, and all the kids turn and look at me as I can't say La Biblioteca or something like that, uh, I would feel way more self-conscious in person than, than online. Oh, sure, sure. We actually have a term for that. It's called the effective filter. Um, the, the difference is that online, um, because we don't know the situation necessarily, if a student is, you know, maybe they got their camera off, they've got their microphone muted, and they don't respond, it could very well be that, like, there are tech issues. You know, it's hard to say, right? And so maybe the kid is marginally paying attention. Maybe the kid, like, I have kids that will, like, they'll put it in the Zoom, in the, the chat. They'll say, like, hey, I have to go to the bathroom. You know, sure, go ahead. Or, hey, I was taking care of my little brother, or my little sister. You know, um, I have one student that routinely is caring for three or four younger siblings um, while trying to take a Zoom class uh, themselves. Oh, wow. And so then, you know, if a kid's not responding, I'm not going to, like, like, I'm not going to know necessarily. And I certainly don't want to, like, shoot that kid out or now, anything like that. Now, Whereas John, when I have these kids in my classroom, those distractions are gone. Oh, I was, I was going to say, is it, you can read better. I was going to say, is it weird now when that, that kid brings his siblings in and he's still taking care of them in class? <laughs> no, that kid does not bring the siblings in. <laughs> and also yeah. like I'm, if I'm on my iPad and I got to go to the bathroom, I'm just bringing you in the bathroom. What, have you had that happen yet? 
No. <laughs> no, knock on wood. No. <laughs> um, all right. Absolutely. So, uh, smooth transition here, but uh, Rob Abraham has been in the news uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just the I, I, some 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 public record emails between him and a school school official were released and. It talks about him wanting at some point during the pandemic, I, I, just generally, uh, not teachers per se, but just uh, why do we have everybody in the school system still working? We should have laid a lot of these people off because kids aren't in school. We don't need those people. Uh, lay them off. Let the teachers do their thing and, and maybe a couple of admin people that, that got to keep everything corralled, I guess. Uh, did he ha- Does he have a point there or do you? is it necessary to have everybody in school in you know all the workers in school while everyone all the kids are at home sure well i mean you know first i'd say i'm just you know uh mr abraham's running for school board and i'm glad that that he's participating in the civic process um but to that point i think there's two layers to this two levels to this first what the general public sees as school <laughs> in quotation marks is really just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and I can give you a really quick example. When we talk about things like Medicare funding, um, a huge chunk of Medicare spending across the nation is is in schools, and it's with um, children. And for a huge number of um, Medicare beneficiaries, their, like, entry is through the schools because of all the services that schools provide uh, for students who need additional support. So those things don't go away. Um, We have huge amounts of, like, reporting and recording uh, and just kind of, I guess, administrivia, (laughs) for lack of a better word, but administration, administrative duties that don't really go away. Um, then even when the buildings themselves were not generally open, uh, we did have kids coming in because they needed to get services. They needed these supports. So so there's that layer, okay, um, that the general public wouldn't necessarily be aware of. Then there's the bigger, perhaps more philosophical argument that, like, we have all these folks who got just across the country who got laid off and who lost their housing and who couldn't pay their bills and who couldn't do all these things. Um, if, if we had said, okay, we're going to identify X number of folks that we can immediately lay them off. Um, when you're talking about whether it's kitchen staff or administrative staff, or teacher's assistants, or whatever. These folks aren't making huge amounts of money anyway. If you all of a sudden lay them off, how many of these folks are you then going to add to the unemployment line? You're then going to add to the to the, the bankruptcy lines, and so on and so forth. And they were paid, as was I, right, and as are all public servants, out of a budget that was, basically set and paid for a year ago. So I'm not sure that what money would have been saved. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it also, is in, 
and you correct me if I'm wrong, but if you lay these people off, they 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 might not come back, and and maybe you lose some really solid yep. workers that that have established established themselves in whatever the school system, whatever their job. I'm sure there are some people there where you're yep. like, ah, if we lose him. We will be able to replace him, you know, I don't know, a 32-year-old or a 23-year vet of, uh, of <laughs> right. teaching Spanish. You might yeah. want to not – and not and Rob wasn't saying he was going to lay teachers off or, or, or no. anything like that. But there, there's probably some staff that's really important you don't want to lose. Absolutely. I mean, you know, what, and, and this kind of goes back to the tip of the iceberg thing. Teaching is te- – and everything in education, okay, other than – you know, maybe you could point to like an IT worker who's still working for a school district, but because there's so much contact with students and then through students, their families and out into the, the community, um, it's a very um, emotionally taxing job. It really is. And so, you know, if somebody says, well, this teacher's assistant, we could let go. Well, you know, the teacher's assistant might only be working with a handful of kids at a given time. But it's a very intimate um, working situation, and it's very stressful. And so let's say that they, they lay some folks off. Okay. Those folks go then try to find a different job and successfully find one because they have the soft skills. They have the experience. Uh, they have the people skills. We don't have tons of people kicking down the doors to get employed in the schools. We just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Also, these these non-teachers, I'll just call anyone else that's not a teacher, uh, I would guess that as lo- around, along with teachers, a lot of their jobs probably change to a varying degree based on the fact that children aren't in schools. And now I got to go seek out the children. I got to learn how to yep. Zoom or, or just, you know, anything that goes with the fact that your everything is online. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We had, um, we had a lot of teachers that were doing home visits. Um, we had a lot of folks that were basically, um, like working with individual families, um, one at a time, you know, all day, every day. And And it's really changed the, the, the expectations on all of us. And everyone except yourself became a tech savvy expert and had to <laughs> had to figure it out. <laughs> you know, because I'm sure there, I'm sure there's teachers like you. Maybe that a kid can't get on Zoom. He's calling the school, and then somebody with the school that isn't you has to f- help figure help help that family that student figure out how to get online if it's not working. Yeah, and and it's funny because right, I I have coached both students and parents remotely how to access the stuff. So, you know, um, like my level of tech, like functionality has quadrupled and, you know, it, as it has for all of us so that, you know, it's funny cause I'll sit in a meeting and they'll have in a zoom and someone will be monitoring the chat and another person will be doing this and another person will be doing that. And I think to myself, yep, I do all of that all at once. I have my Zoom going. I'm monitoring the chat. I have 12 kids in front of me, and I have a kid who's texting me. Hey, Mr. Havlicek, I can't get into the Zoom. And that's all going on at once, and and you just end up resolving that. And that's the desperation and, there when, when a student's texting uh, 
Mr. Havlicek to to figure out tech, right? Yeah, and it, right, right. And during class, <laughs> right during class, you you become you, know? you went from bilingual to trilingual a, a little bit. Oh, very much so, very much so. You know, we all had to learn a whole new way to teach in August. <laughs> so. Any of that going to stick around? I mean, when classes get back to full, I mean, will you be able to? I don't have. A, I, I probably have a minute here. Is a terrible question to give you okay. one minute to answer. But the the idea that uh, some of these things might be beneficiary when kids are back in class full time, but still we can use we can utilize some of this stuff online. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think the learning platform is called Learning Management System called Canvas is is solid. I suspect that we will continue with that. Zoom. As an example, we had parent-teacher conferences via Zoom. I think having that as an option would be great, you know, even when we're back face-to-face full-on, because then some parent who can't get in, they could literally do it on a break from work. Mm -hmm. They could take their, you know, 15, 20-minute break, and they could Zoom in for a conference. It is funny that... It is funny that that's a, a thing. We we did have telephones. If you needed a parent-teacher conference on the phone, you could have did that, but I suppose you did. <laughs> yeah, not a ton of folks did, though. No? Okay. Yeah, they just didn't think about it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, John, uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I gotta, I'm gotta, i going to let you go and wrap up here. All right, thanks for having me. All right, thanks a lot. John Havlicek, he's the lacrosse teacher's... Uh, lacrosse, uh, Teachers Union president, and you can spit that out, and uh, Central High School teacher. Appreciate it. All right, one more quick break. All right, that's going to do it for today. Thanks to William Garcia, Lacrosse County Democratic Party chair, for joining us early, and John Havlicek, Cross Teachers Union president, for joining us for the rest of the hour. Mitch Reynolds is going to be on tomorrow. We'll see what kind of trouble we can get him into. All right, thanks everybody for listening.